Chapter Twenty of the Duel by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Twenty. A little while afterwards, von Koren and the deacon met near the little bridge. The deacon was excited. He breathed hard and avoided looking in people's faces he felt ashamed both of his terror and his muddy wet garments i thought you meant to kill him he muttered how contrary to human nature it is how utterly unnatural it is but how did you come here asked the zoologist don't ask said the deacon waving his hand the evil one tempted me saying go go so i went and almost died of fright in the maze but now thank god thank god i'm awfully pleased with you muttered the deacon old grandad tarantula will be glad it's funny it's too funny only i beg of you most earnestly don't tell anybody i was here or i may get into hot water with the authorities they will say the deacon was a second gentlemen said von koren the deacon asks you not to tell anyone you've seen him here he might get into trouble how contrary to human nature it is sighed the deacon excuse my saying so but your face was so dreadful that i thought you were going to kill him i was very much tempted to put an end to that scoundrel said von koren but you shouted close by and i missed my aim the whole procedure is revolting to anyone who is not used to it and it has exhausted me deacon i feel awfully tired come along no you must let me walk back i must get dry for i am wet and cold well as you like said the zoologist in a weary tone feeling dispirited and getting into the carriage he closed his eyes as you like while they were moving about the carriages and taking their seats kerbalai stood in the road and laying his hands on his stomach he bowed low showing his teeth he imagined that the gentry had come to enjoy the beauties of nature and drink tea and could not understand why they were getting into the carriages the party set off in complete silence and only the deacon was left by the duhan come to the duhan drink tea he said to kerbalai me wants to eat kerbalai spoke good russian but the deacon imagined that the tatar would understand him better if he talked to him in broken russian cook omelette give cheese come come father said kerbalai bowing i'll give you everything i've cheese and wine eat what you like what is god in tatar asked the deacon going into the duhan your god and my god are the same said kerbalai not understanding him god is the same for all men only men are different some are russians some are turks some are english there are many sorts of men but god is one very good if all men worship the same god why do you mohammedans look upon christians as your everlasting enemies why are you angry said kerbalai laying both hands on his stomach you are a priest i am a mussulman you say i want to eat i give it to you only the rich man distinguishes your god from my god for the poor man it is all the same if you please it is ready while this theological conversation was taking place at the duhan laevsky was driving home thinking how dreadful it had been driving there at daybreak when the roads the rocks and the mountains were wet and dark and the uncertain future seemed like a terrible abyss of which one could not see the bottom while now the raindrops hanging on the grass and on the stones were sparkling in the sun like diamonds nature was smiling joyfully and the terrible future was left behind he looked at sheshkovsky's sullen tear-stained face and at the two carriages ahead of them in which von koren his seconds and the doctor were sitting 
and it seemed to him as though they were all coming back from a graveyard in which a wearisome insufferable man who was a burden to others had just been buried everything is over he thought of his past cautiously touching his neck with his fingers on the right side of his neck was a small swelling of the length and breadth of his little finger and he felt a pain as though someone had passed a hot iron over his neck the bullet had bruised it afterwards when he got home a strange long sweet day began for him misty as forgetfulness like a man released from prison or from hospital he stared at the long familiar objects and wondered that the tables the windows the chairs the light and the sea stirred in him a keen childish delight such as he had not known for long long years nadyezhda fyodorovna pale and haggard could not understand his gentle voice and strange movements she made haste to tell him everything that had happened to her it seemed to her that very likely he scarcely heard and did not understand her and that if he did know everything he would curse her and kill her but he listened to her stroked her face and hair looked into her eyes and said i have nobody but you then they sat a long while in the garden huddled close together saying nothing or dreaming aloud of their happy life in the future in brief broken sentences while it seemed to him that he had never spoken at such length or so eloquently End of chapter twenty recording by expatriate in bangor maine